0: Welcome to the Italian Legal Whisperer podcast, hosted by attorney Michele Capecchi. This podcast is a new endeavor created by the international yet Italian law firm Capecchi Legal, specializing in global mobility, real estate, Italian citizenship, and helping people move their life, business, and family to Italy. And here's our host, the Italian Legal Whisperer, Michele Capecchi.
1: Hello, buongiorno everyone, this is Michele Capecchi and welcome to the Italian Liga Whisperer podcast. Here with me is Monica Sharp. Buongiorno. Buongiorno Monica. If you listened to our first episode, you now know that the goal of this podcast is to provide comprehensive legal guidelines on everything you need to know if you are planning to move your life, family or business to Italy or if you wish to know what to do, if you would like to buy a property in Italy or reacquire your Italian citizenship. Our goal is to create a simple roadmap so you can feel confident navigating the legal landscape in Italy. From visas to contract to real estate, we've got you covered. So sit back, grab a cup of cappuccino, and let's dive into the subject of today's episode. So today, Monica, we start covering the beginning, we start from the very beginning, from the very first question that everyone should ask to an immigration attorney, even before buying a ticket to come to Italy, which is, do I need a visa for my next trip to Italy?
2: Very common question. And you know, it seems like there's an easy, fast answer, but we're going to see it's not always the case.
1: No, it seems incredible. The fact that a lot of people arrive to Italy, obviously as a tourist, they come here with the intention of spending some time two, three weeks, sometime longer. They take cruises. They want to travel throughout Italy in different places. And then all of a sudden when they are here, they say, well, actually, I would like to be here longer. Can I stay longer than the three months period that I can spend as a tourist?
2: Italy has cast her spell. And as a country that receives millions of tourists a year, I think it happens very frequently that people want to stay.
1: And then we face the big, big question. If I come or, at least, the question that they should ask themselves and should ask us or to their lawyer when they're planning to come to Italy if I want to come as a tourist, how long can I stay? And if I want to stay longer than the time I'm allowed to stay, what can I do? Can I extend my stay as a tourist in Italy?
2: Mm-hmm. These are great questions. And, Michele, I think that we can feel confident advising people that the tourist visa status, if you're waived in or if you are from a country where you have to go through an Italian consulate to apply for and get a tourist visa. The period is
1: 90 days, 90 days.
2: That's it. That's that's very firm.
1: That's a 90 days rule over a 180 days period, which means that calculating the day you're arriving, you cannot stay more than 90 days. Then you have to stay out for another 90 days. So 180 days period, and then you can come back. It doesn't have to be 90 days continuously. So you can say one month in, one month out, that's up to you. The other thing is very important, Monica, very misleading information is if I leave Italy, so if I'm getting out of the Italian territory to go in another Schengen's country, another state of the European Union, or if I go to Switzerland, or if I go to Turkey, if I go to England that are not part of the European Union for a week, do I restart the clock? Do I go back to my 90 days because I've been out?
2: No, and you don't, because you have to actually be outside of the Schengen zone, which, as Michele said, is the European Union, plus and minus a few countries, but essentially it's Europe. You have to stay outside and restart your clock.
1: exactly, and wait until the 180 days are completed. So just getting out for a couple of weeks and come back doesn't recharge your clock for another 90 days. It's not going to do it. So first important rule, you can be in the Schengen zone for no more than 90 days every 180 days. That's the very first important information to provide. And there is a big news in respect of what to do before coming into the Schengen zone that is going to be becoming effective as a new rule starting from November of this year, 2023, which is basically the obligation for every person coming from outside of European Union and That is part of the visa waiver program. And I'm about to tell you in a second, what is the visa waiver program. The need of registering yourself on a sort of a database similar to the one that we from Italy have to fill out when we go to America, that is called ESTA in America. In Europe is known as ETIAS, which is the European Union Information Center where you have to provide Your basic information, so where you're from, your number of a passport, if it's the first time you're coming, basic information that the European Union authorities need to collect in order to be sure about your country of origin and other things that can be important for them in terms of protection. And I think it's very easy, very handy application. It's not something that's going to take too much of your time. It takes about 10 minutes. It costs seven euros every three years. You're covered for three years, so for three years, you don't have to worry about Having to fill in this form again is all electronic and it's becoming the new tool to keep under control or to track people coming under the Visa Waiver Program. What is the Visa Waiver Program, Monica?
2: Well, the Visa Waiver Program is a program that a list of countries in the world have agreed to, and notably the U.S. and European Union countries, and there's a few others, that permits tourists who enter countries for short stays for the purpose of tourism, for the purpose of traveling around, staying in hotels, eating meals, seeing beautiful sights. They do not have to apply for a visa in an Italian consulate and get that physical sticker in their passport prior to entering the country.
1: Yes. Basically, like if you are an American citizen and you're listening to the podcast, it's very likely you already know you don't need a visa to come as a tourist. Same thing is for people coming from Canada, from Australia, from U.K., other countries, people coming for from South Africa, from China, they do need to have a stamp on your passport, so they need to be pre-approved by the Italian consulate even to come for the 90 days as tourist. So this is important benefit for a lot of people that are probably listening, and planning to come to Europe, knowing that they can come here without having to worry about passing through the Italian consulate to get a, a visa. Yet now, from the, like starting from November, they have to fill out this form that is essential. It doesn't permit you to enter in Europe actually without it. So it's very important that you remember to check online. ETIAS is the name of the acronym. ETIAS stands for European Travel Information and Authorization System. That is a form again, that will be available shortly on the Schengen Zone website and probably a lot of cruise providers or like travel agencies will provide you to be filled out. So. Assuming that finally these people arrive to Italy, they arrive with the other visa waiver program, so they don't have a visa, they love Italy, and then great question jump in their mind. Can I stay longer?
2: Can I stay longer? It's so great. I don't want to
1: leave. And we're facing a lot of people actually coming to us, telling us, well, I found a beautiful property. I want to buy a property. I actually, sometime, I just purchase a property because I like it so much. I don't want to waste the possibility. Now that I have a property, can I stay here? Can I remain here? The agent told me or a friend of a friend told me that if I buy a property, I can change my status and I can stay here in Italy without limitations, without time limitation.
2: Yeah. When this comes up, it's always incredible to me because Italy, unlike many other countries, particularly in Europe, permits non-citizens to buy properties and Although it's not a fast process, it is a process that a non-Italian can undertake and complete to buy property in Italy. But, you know, maybe the realtor told them, oh, you can live in the house, but maybe not how long. You know, you can certainly hold the property, you can be the owner, and you can come for short stays. But unless you actually get a visa or have some other status, you can only stay up to 90 days in the house you own, right, Michele?
1: Correct. We had people coming, bowling in, <laughs> in our office and say, I completed the process, I purchased the property. I came as a tool, two, three times now that I have a property. Can I stay here? Mm. I said, the fact that you have a property, but I have a codice fiscale. We're about to mm. talk about what is a codice fiscale. They told me, I have a codice fiscale, purchased the property. Why can't I stay here? I have a property. I said, the ownership of a property is not a title that allows you to stay in Italy. Mm -hmm. And that's a very important, sometimes very misleading information that people, who knows how they receive, thinking that because they have a property, if they come as a tourist, then they can stay here as long as they want.
2: And it's true that in some other countries in the world, that is the case, but not in
1: Italy. In Italy, we can't. So as long as you're planning to retain the property of a house in Italy for the purpose of enjoying your holidays, your three, four months a year that you want to be here, No problem. If your intention, if your goal is to get a property with intention of living there or spending extended amount of time there, maybe it will be the place where you want to retire. We need to start planning in advance the kind of visa that would allow you to do that. We're not going to talk about what kind of visa will allow you to stay longer than 90 days today, but because there are a few other things that I think is very important to highlight regarding what you can do, what you cannot do when you enter as a tourist in Italy. For instance, how about study?
2: You can study in Italy on a tourist visa status, but you just can't stay longer than the 90 days. So if you're enrolled in a program where you're in a cooking school or an intensive Italian language class, absolutely those activities are permitted. But if you want to stay longer than the 90 days to enroll in maybe a genuine academic credit-bearing course, you can't do that on a tourist visa. Exactly.
1: Exactly. In fact, to clarify a little more, like if you are a person who want to take a cooking class or a photography or take a sabbatical year to study abroad, so if you're not enrolled in an actual academic program of university, you can do that, but there could be restrictions in terms of ability to come as a tourist. In other words, if you want to stay longer than three months, you need your course to be approved through a university or an entity that has been uh, acknowledged by the Italian government, and therefore that school must be able to provide you with a letter of enrollment, must be a program lasting more than uh, three months, because if under three months again we under the the radar of a tourist visa, so you can come without the need of a visa, and must be a program that qualifies you for at least twenty hours a week. Of course, we're talking about approximately eighty hours. Every month of classes that must be followed. So, you need to have minimum hours, 80 hours, must be a university program acknowledged and recognized by the Italian authorities. It must be able, again, to give you a letter of enrollment that you will eventually bring to the Italian consulate, requesting the Italian consulate to give you a visa to study. If you were not under this kind of academic program, so if you're coming, again, to go in a little studio of the artist or things like this, the little artist who is hosting students to take a class of painting, that person does not have the credentials to host an academic program, probably. So if that's the case, you can come up to three months as a tourist, you can stay here as a tourist, attending the course, knowing that at the end of three months, you cannot continue the program. You need to go back home, stay home for the remaining 180 days, to complete the 180 days, and then you can come back.
2: Right. And just to clarify me, it's 20 contact hours a week of instruction, right? So 80 hours a month, 20 hours a week that you are physically in a classroom.
1: Correct. Exactly. Very correct. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. So that's an important aspect of what you can do as a tourist. You can do as a tourist, you can take courses up to the 3 months period you have as a tourist. You cannot extend that course because, again, you are a tourist. Mm-hmm. And under tourist status, you cannot extend any study abroad program. Mm-hmm. Something else. Codice fiscale. That's the other thing. A lot of people come to us say I got my codice fiscale. What is a codice fiscale, Monica?
2: It is the Italian equivalent of a social security number. So it is literally just a taxpayer identification number. And unfortunately, no matter what people have heard or read online, does it let you work? No, it does not let you work.
1: It doesn't let you stay. It's it doesn't not, let you stay either. Having a codice fiscale is not a wild card that allows you to stay here in Italy as long as you want. It's just a physical tax identification, which, by the way, doesn't mean that if you have a codice fiscale, you, you become a taxpayer. A codice fiscale simply needs to be identified in numbers of transactions you need to do in Italy, starting from getting the SIM card of your cell phone that you're buying in Italy.
2: Accepting a shipment, that's a big one.
1: Accepting a shipment if you want your things to be delivered here, if you want to rent a car, if you need to rent an apartment. To rent an apartment for the 3 months period they are here as a tourist, you need to have a codice fiscale. Why so? Keep in mind, and this is a big caveat for a lot of people traveling around Italy, if you're staying in an apartment rented for more than 30 days, more unless there are other specific exceptions, apartment that the contract, you need to receive a contract, you need to receive a written contract and the contract is expected to be registered with the Italian Agenzia delle Entrate, which is kind of a revenue agency. So it's very important that you have a registered contract and that the contract requires you to have a codice fiscale in order to be registered. So you need a codice fiscale to buy a property. Given that as a tourist, you can buy a property while you're here in Italy, you will need to have a codice fiscale to do so. So there are numbers of things you can do as a tourist. But again, keep in mind that at the end of the 90 days, you have to leave the country and you have to leave European Union zone, not only Italy.
2: That brings me to a follow-up question, Michele. So in the world of machine-readable passports and machine-readable visas, Mm -hmm. if people have visas, but here talking specifically about passports, what happens if a person overstays and they try to say, I didn't know? I had no idea what happens.
1: There are always consequences. So don't think that because in Italy is a dolce vita, everything is fine. Everything is beautiful. People are joll and very friendly, and we are very friendly people. They don't mind if you overstay. Keep in mind that overstay rules are not Italian rules, are European Union rules. That means if you're going back to your home country passing through the gates, the custom gates of Italy or Germany or Holland or Spain, regardless where you're passing through, there will be a police officer checking your passport when you're leaving. And now that we have all these systems, including ETIAS, that allows them to keep track of when you entered, it will be a matter of seconds for them to understand that you overstayed. If that's the case you can maybe not face immediately a consequence. You already leaving in the country, so mm-hmm. they will not obviously create problems for you living in the Schengen zone, but they could create you problems the next time you want to come back. So you can be put in a blacklist of people that are not permitted to enter because they have violated the maximum amount of time that they can spend in the Schengen zone. There can be fines depending on the way that each European Union member state has enforced these Rules about overstaying, there could be very substantial fines that you have to pay. And again, it could affect your freedom to move and your ability to come back in the Schengen zone maybe six months later.
2: Yeah. I think that's a great point. It's not like the olden days of 50 years ago when everything was paper based. Like today, if you wave into Europe as a visa, as a tourist visa waiver, Your passport is scanned when you come in and your passport is scanned when you leave. It's just basic math like they know.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So, again, I think it's very important to have this preliminary introduction on what you can do as a tourist. Because, again, it's one of the big subjects that unfortunately come to our attention very often with people thinking they can convert their status, get a work visa or set up a company just while they're here as tourists.
2: I have a quick follow up question too. When ATS launches in November of 2023, will somebody be turned away if they have not registered in ATS after they arrive in Europe? Or maybe.
1: They might be, yeah. Yeah. So they
2: could put you back on the flight home.
1: I think it's similar to what happens if I try to come to America without Without having. They will probably put me in a corner, telling me. Do
2: secondary inspection.
1: Do secondary inspection. Mm -hmm. Or will tell me, do it now, Uh hoping. To have a response within a reasonable amount of time, but mm-hmm. if I try to board on an airplane without the, the gonna ESTA, when I check in at, mm-hmm. at the desk of the airline company, they will not let me check in. Oh, they might not
2: even let you check in. I cannot
1: check in if I don't show them the, uh, mm-hmm. the, the ESTA. Yeah,
2: this is actually really great to hear because being American, I've never had to do ESTA, I've got a US passport. Every, but this every is single important.
1: time, every single time I come to America, and when I'm checking. They're requesting, do you have ESTA? Mm-hmm. Good to know. And I know. say, yes. Maybe they don't check, but they want me to, to acknowledge the, the fact that I have it.
2: All right, Americans. So this is going to start for us in November. When you're flying to Europe and you're flying into the Schengen zone, you're going to be asked to show proof of registration and ATS before you check in for your flight.
1: Unless, again, you have a visa. So visa stamp. starting from the next episode, we're going to start talking about the different kind of visas that are available for people coming from different purposes to stay longer than 90 days. But so in case you get a visa from the Italian consulate or from the consulate where you're planning to travel in Europe, you don't need the ETIAS. You do need it if you're coming as tourists. And waving in. Yes. Great. That's great, Monica. Thank you so much for today. So much. My pleasure. And stay tuned, stay focused. And you're going to hear from us very soon. Bye-bye.
2: Thank you so much, Michele. This has been really wonderful today. And we look forward to providing more information on our podcast. Please remember to like and subscribe and follow us on your social media or wherever you listen to your podcasts.
0: If you are ready to make your Italian dream come true, feel free to peruse the articles on Michele Capecchi's website, or you can contact him directly by visiting capecchilegal.com. This podcast is provided for informational purposes only and does not constitute legal advice. You should always seek professional legal advice before taking actions based on the information provided. Stay tuned for more episodes and visit capecchilegal.com slash podcasts for the full list of episodes.